Hey, and welcome to For the Podcast. This is episode 29. I'm Michael, as always, here with my good friends, Jason and Will. Hey, guys. Hey. What's up? <laughs> no. I was actually going to see if Will would speak first, but uh, I guess that didn't work. <laughs> All right, so what's going on this week? Uh, it's been a while. Uh, did we we didn't record last week, right? Didn't we? I don't think so, because Will was in New York, right? Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, it was nice to see you, Will. How was your birthday? Happy belated birthday, by the way. <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, New York was fine, except for the donut situation. We'll, whoa, we'll whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait, so let's uh, let's back up. What what happened? We all uh, met up on uh, was it Friday night, Thursday night? Thursday night, right? Yeah, at Italy. And then uh, we went to Mike's favorite donuts in the donut shop in the world, right? Which is, Mike? Donut plant. Of course. And uh, it was Will's first time, right? Yeah, first time at donut plant. And what did you think? You didn't like it? Uh, mediocre. Medi- okay, definitely, so what's... Definitely have had better donuts. What's I've, your number they're one? They're definitely worse, but... Uh, the best donuts I'd say I've had would have been uh, Blue Star Donuts in Portland. Hmm. I, I actually went to Portland. I don't know if I went to that one. What's the What's like the really famous one? That I'm sure it's not that good, but like oh, Voodoo Donuts, right? That would be Voodoo Donuts. Right. Yes. I, I went there it's for sure. Day. Yeah. It's, right. 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 You go once and you you understand it. But the good thing is, if you are familiar with Portland, the main Voodoo Donuts, which is always crowded, never go to that one. There's one on the other side of Portland which is open 24 hours a day. Pro tips. There you go. Wait, have you did you go to Seattle when you went to Portland? No, no. Just Okay. Just Portland. So have you had Top Pot Donuts? Is that what it's called? I think. No. You you've never you've never even been to Seattle. No. Okay, that was a dumb question then. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, so you didn't like uh Donut Plant, but Mike Mike, that's your favorite, right? Yeah. I mean, if well, not my favorite, like in the world, but out of like dough and donut plant. So out of a sample size of two, that's number one. Well, because we had the option of dough or donut plants. Oh, okay. We need that's, to find more donut places. That's fair. Dunkin' Donuts, or where does that rank? That's uh, no. not even on the list. <laughs> well, when Dunkin' Donuts opened up in LA, right, my friend Arneb, a uh, friend of the show, he uh, told me that he was driving past there one time, like late at night, and there was like an hour long wait. Which, like, I don't understand why anyone would wait for Dunkin' Donuts. Like, I love Dunkin' Donuts just as much as anyone from the East Coast. But um, it's just not something that I would wait for, ever. But it's also late at night. Uh, around that time, Dunkin' Donuts normally does its, okay, we got to get rid of these donuts. Uh, oh, well, maybe. Buy one here. Yeah, 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 yeah. They used to do that in Providence, right? Like, um, yeah. if you go there late at night, you buy one, you get, like, the whole dozen or something like that. But I'm pretty sure that's not why the line was long. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just in, in like, this day and age... Anything that's like hyped and now that they have internet and they've heard of Dunkin' Donuts for years and years and, you know, God knows when I was there, I would always talk about Dunkin' Donuts and they finally opened one up and so everyone wanted to see what all the fuss was about, I guess. Not so good though, I don't think. Not worth waiting an hour for. Okay. So uh, you want to get into some follow-up? Yep. What do we got? Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about, which uh, I was going to try to do some research into, but I actually didn't do any research. Great but, job. Um, <laughs> it was uh so i think last week we were talking about um apple's app store in-app purchasing policy yeah and uh i could have sworn that i had read that spotify uh charges 30 percent more if you buy the subscription in the app because uh apple takes a 30 percent cut and so it was something along the lines of 12.99 a month if you bought it in the app and i could have sworn that i saw they wrote an email out when uh, apple music was launching and uh they were telling everyone like you know hey if you want to save 30% on your subscription, just don't subscribe in the app. Go to the website and do it. And uh, we were I was listening to a podcast. I think it was the Upgrade podcast uh, with Mike Hurley and um, Jason Snell, I think. And uh, they were briefly discussing this. And they, they said that kind of what you had alluded to, that Apple's uh, policies forbid this, right? You can't charge more uh, in the app than you do regularly. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I, I rem- kind of remember that too, but like I could have sworn I don't know. So I, I was like, let me look into this. And of course I didn't. So uh, that's that follow up. So this follow up is you didn't follow up. Yeah. Okay. For, for next week. Okay. <laughs> okay. And the next one, uh, Apple announced some new products, some new iMacs and uh, magic accessories. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about this at all. We kind of, yeah. Uh, what do you think? Are you going to get a new iMac? 
Uh, no, no new IMAX for me. I'm pretty happy with the one that we picked up last year. Yeah, it was only a year ago, huh? It seemed like I thought I could have sworn it was more than one year. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I saw on the Slack. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, so to recap, last year, I think actually right, right when we started the podcast, we had both gotten the 5K Retina IMAX, right? I think it's a prereq to be a co-host. Uh, Bear? Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm really happy with mine. I think our strategy was uh, we weren't sure if they were going to be underpowered, and so we didn't want to spend too much uh, maxing it out and then, you know, have it be replaced within a year or two with something that's way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got the baseline, the the cheapo. I guess at the time it was still twenty five hundred dollars, but the baseline model. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with mine. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they they announced some new accessories as well. All right, so they announced what a new keyboard, a new mouse, and a new trackpad. Magic keyboard, and a magic mouse too, and a magic trackpad too. The keyboard is not magic. Okay, so I bought all three. Oh wow, you did. And I'm returning. Possibly all three. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because really? I actually... Okay, so I bought you the uh, trackpad when you were in New York over the weekend. Yeah, and I and, hate uh, it. Really? What? Yeah. The trackpad, I, I even want one. No. I mean, it even no. fooled me with its clicking ability to be turned off. See, what right. I don't like is I use the, the tap to click. Um, so a lot of times, like, I don't actually click. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. You, right. But this, like... It has like a little bit of give, like this the new trackpad. Okay. Do you feel it? Like even if it's off, like it kind of like it kind of depresses a little bit. I'm actually using it right now. Um, I, I do not. I did not notice that. I actually used to use tap to click. Yeah. But I, I turned that off. Okay. So as a tap to click person, it's like the worst trackpad I've ever used. Okay, maybe not the worst, but it's really really bad. Like it's like pretty much makes it unusable for me. Really. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Take it back. I'm not going to get one. <laughs> Wait, are are you a tap to click person? I use a mouse. I click on everything. <laughs> well, no, no, no. So he's saying like you're right. Oh, yeah, I tap to click when I'm using the trackpad on my uh, MacBook. Oh, so I used to use that, but I I, I figured, um, you know, if I'm going to use force touch, and, and I want to like you know, I'm not actually clicking it, but it just feels like I'm clicking. I, I felt like I could probably take that off. So um, I actually so the most interesting thing to me is that. Um, I've been using the Magic Mouse for years, right? I don't think it's great, but it's 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 usable, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about what peripherals we use, you know, what pointer devices we use, and uh, you said that you exclusively use the trackpad. Yeah. Okay, so that was weird to me because I just assumed everyone uses a mouse. Um, so when I got this this last week, for the past week, I've been using the trackpad, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I don't know that it's that much better than the old one that I had that I didn't use. Right. Um, but I haven't had any complaints actually. Yeah. So you're going to stick with the trackpad? Um, oh, actually, no, no, no. There's, there's one complaint. So I mean, I still think I'm faster with the mouse. So I think there was one time when I was like trying to set up a website for Karen and, uh, I just had a lot of, I need to use the computer a lot. And, uh, I think it was just faster for me to just use the mouse. But in general, if I'm just kind of doing some like leisurely browsing or things like that, I, I really like that I can use the uh, multi-touch gestures. Yeah. Which I can't really do on the mouse so much. Mm-hmm. So those were things that I just never used on my desktop. But now with the trackpad, it's kind of, it makes it more usable. Okay. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. It, it is a little expensive. It's 129 Yeah, it's way too expensive. And it's like, I, the only thing I like about it is the size of the trackpad. Yeah, the size is really nice. But in terms of like the tactile feedback, that stupid taptic engine and whatever they did, no, I, I don't like it. Okay, so one curious thing that I kind of noticed was, um, and I don't know when they made this change, but like I tried to drag a file on the desktop to like another location on the desktop. Okay. And how I do that is like I kind of use my thumb and I, uh, let's see, let me try to do it. Yeah, so I, I use my thumb and I hold down and I click the item, right? And while the thumb is still held down, I would use my pointer finger and kind of move it around, right? Yeah, same. That doesn't seem to work anymore. What? Hang on. Let me try it. Let me. I have both trackpads right now. Let me oh, try. oh. Maybe it does work. Maybe I'm just really hard. Maybe it's really hard uh, for me. It definitely works. No, when I do it, like it just my I'm I'm like clicking the thing, right? This is a perfect podcast. And like it start. It's I think it's activating force touch, so it's like starting to zoom in on. So it, I guess what I'm moving is like a a picture, right? It starts to zoom in. 
on the picture. And so then when I start to move the, you know, my pointer finger, nothing happens. What's your click setting at? Light, medium, or firm? Medium. Maybe so change like, it not, to firm. I can, I can try changing it to firm. Ah, maybe that's it. But it's very, it's very difficult. So I, I found that you can also use three fingers and drag it around that way. That sounds really annoying. But there's also like a weird lag when you like let go before it actually goes into place. And I, I don't know. Like, so there, there's some quirks. I, I think, um, no, no, I, I guess I like it better than you do, but for 129, it seems a little steep. So I, I might be returning it. We'll see. Okay. The keyboard sucks. Next. Keyboard sucks. Why? Uh, it just doesn't have the travel that I'm used uh, to. Okay. Well, what about the angle? The angle is a little different. How much is the keyboard again? Oh, it's, so it's 99. Yeah, 99. Yeah. 99. Yeah, it is 99, which is kind of ridiculous. Even with the Discover 22% cashback. Yeah. I, I was thinking about getting the keyboard, but only because I, I have the old keyboard and the angle is different and it kind of drives me crazy. That yeah, that's, that's why I bought the keyboard. Right. Um, it just matches. But now right. that I will be returning this crappy trackpad, yep. there's no point. Okay, that makes sense. But you don't like to travel. Well, the angle. How's the angle of the keyboard? The angle doesn't bother me. Okay. And what about like the bigger keys? Does that bother you at all? Or? Uh, you know, I'm so used to using like the space and the half height left and right arrow key to like kind of, you know, calibrate where I am mm-hmm. that it's, it's weird to not have that. But I mean, that doesn't really bother me. It's something I could get used to, but it's just like the travel of the keyboard is just horrible. Is it quieter or not I don't quieter? Think so. The same? Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then what about the mouse? The mouse I bought for Min. I haven't really used it that much, but I probably won't return that. I'll just give it to her. Okay. Did you see the article that I linked in the uh, in the notes? Yes. Okay. So uh, Anil Dash, who is a I think a, a tech writer, uh, he wrote a on a post on Medium, and uh, he's talking about the design of the Magic Mouse too. And uh, so I guess the the only thing they really added for this thing was um like basically lightning charging, so there's no replaceable battery, and then I think they they changed the the feet so it like glides a little bit better. And uh, the one thing that people are, are complaining about is, I guess, the lightning charger is on the bottom of the mouse. So unlike the keyboard or the Magic Trackpad, where you can use the device while it's charging or while it's connected, the mouse you can't because like you have to plug it in and you kind of have to put it either upside down or on its side. Right. And he uh, he thinks that's kind of ridiculous. What, what what do you guys think? That's a stupid design. Okay, so so. <laughs> <laughs> End of story. Okay. I mean, I, I think Apple enthusiasts' excuse is that, like, supposedly if you charge it for about two minutes, you get about nine hours of, of charge time. So really, if you just, like, plug it in and what, what Apple enthusiasts say is, like, you have the watch and you satisfy your, your stand requirement for the hour, it'll be fine for the day. Or you go to the bathroom or, or whatever, right? Um, I don't know. I actually don't think this is a big deal. Not because the, the the fast charging. I just think that like how often do you charge the mouse? Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing: is they like all of these other devices, the trackpad and the keyboard. Right. They were redesigned like completely. Right. Right. Like these are brand new devices. The mouse is like it's the exact same. It looks exactly the same. Right. And so if you like look at the mouse, like there's no place to really put that lightning cable on the front because the front part is the clicky part. Well, also like so, Anil Dash actually. Um, it's a nil dash, right? Yeah. Okay. So he actually did a, uh, like a, he has a mock-up really quick right? mock up on Photoshop, right? Where he puts the uh, lightning cable right on the front edge of the mouse, right? And I'm looking at my mouse right now and like, I just don't know that you can put a lightning cable there, right? Because like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the clicky part. Not only because it's clicky, but like, I mean, it's, it's not a flat, like, so the other, the keyboard and the trackpad, they have a flat edge in the front, right? And so like, it makes sense. Like the, here it's like curved like i just don't know that you can put like a i don't know it just would look weird right yeah so short of a redesign like that's it's not going to happen and so you know their main goal for the mouse was it's good enough let's just add rechargeable batteries and right. then move on as um i mean it's really bad because this is taking away functionality from the actual mouse itself i would have thought hey apple just come up with like a mouse pad that allows for uh, wireless charging and just allow the mouse to be recharged that way and have the mouse pad, uh, lightning cabled, uh, to your computer. Wow. Um, a, a mouse pad. That's a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a, what? A mouse pad. 
I haven't heard that in, I think in a that's really long a terrible time. Terrible idea. I think that's worse. Oh, as someone who actually like games and does things, um, you pre- pretty much do need a mouse. Pad. Okay, oh, what Apple people yes. are gaming? <laughs> uh, the people who have uh, built-in graphics, like the new iMacs do. I mean, Apple has a lot of games that are available. Steam is available for Mac. Anything that you can pretty much play, you can play on Mac now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I whether or not like the games they are available, but I, I don't know. I don't think people are you know like buying their Mac for games. Like, I, I think a mouse pad is probably but... a step backwards, unless they had like a charging mat that kind of like worked for your iPhone or something. That's what I was saying, right? A but but not mat. but not but not a mouse pad, right? I don't know. I mean, we'll <laughs> okay, see. yeah, taking away your mouse to charge it that that's great. That's a great solution too. No, no, I'm just saying that like the. Like, I just don't think it's a big deal, right? Like, I understand that it looks silly, and I actually retweeted a funny, uh, a funny tweet there where I thought it was funny, where, uh, someone mocked up like a car, and it was like, this is how you charge your Apple car, and you flipped it upside down, right? Um, so I understand that, like, Apple's gonna take some heat here, and people are gonna, like, make fun of them, but, like, I just, at the end of the day, it's just not that big of a deal to me. Stupid and overpriced anyway, so. I mean, that's the least overpriced of the peripherals, but yeah, it's still overpriced. But they also did the least to it, right? All they did yep, was, yep. yeah, so, I mean, and they still charge an extra $10. Although, but you get the I lightning guess, cable. right, you do get a lightning cable with each one, and the lightning cable is, what, like 20 bucks in the store? Yeah. 15 bucks, 20 bucks, so, like, I guess that makes sense. All right, let's move on. Uh, there's the iPhone chipgate thing, but I, I think that's not really that big of a deal, right? Do we, you and I both have the TSMC uh, chip? Yeah, so I mean, what was the thing was that uh, it turned out that Apple was sourcing uh, the same processor from two companies, Samsung and TSMC, and there was like one one post where it got like the the one chip TSMC got like crazy better battery life. I think it was about two hours, but then Apple has actually responded and said that like uh, they didn't address this directly, but they said some differences in the manufacturing components can lead to about two or three percent change and and that's normal even if you had like the same processor yeah and then ours did their own testing and came up with the same thing so i mean like benchmarks versus like real world real world usage right so it's really not that big of a deal no but that being said i'm glad that we have the quote unquote better one right no agreed uh the other thing i want to mention real quick was um how windows hello works because i think i'd mentioned last week that uh, the new Lumia phones, you can use the front-facing camera to unlock them. Right. Um, and I thought that it was maybe not as good as, as a touch sensor, like a like a touch ID. Um, but I was talking to uh, my friend Drackett, and he was saying, uh, so I, the other thing I wanted to research that, that I didn't research is uh, how Windows Hello works. But I think that it uses some like really sophisticated like camera, and he claims it uses, uh, let's see, IR, which is kind of like the Connect, right? Mm-hmm. But he says that like it's super accurate, like it, it like sees through like just like I guess it sees through the skin and so like it's like facial structure and stuff like that, not just like a picture. Um and so we, we need to see how fast it is. But like one thing that I hadn't thought about is like a lot of apps that I use, like one password, they use the the touch ID to unlock the app. Yeah. Which is really cool. And like, you know, touch ID is really fast and I really love when apps integrate that. But I guess like most of the time that you use your phone, you kind of are looking at the phone, right? If this is like kind of always on and say you had one password and it didn't even ask you, Hey, like authenticate yourself, uh, to unlock the app because it knows that you're there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for all intents and purposes, as you're using your phone, it never asks for that authentication, but like say it wasn't me or it didn't recognize my face in front of the screen, and therefore then it then asks like, "Hey, enter your password." That would actually be pretty cool. Like I, I don't know that that's how it works, but I think in theory, like if it can constantly, you know, say, "Hey, like we're unlocked because like I see that Jason's like right in front of the camera at all times," um, we don't need to ask him for any passwords. Does that make sense? Yep. I don't know. This is the one thing that I want to mention. Oh, um, that reminds me. I went to the Microsoft store to play with the Surface Book. What do you think? I really like it. So, oh, and also, uh, I think, I don't know. I think those pre-orders are kind of bogus. Uh, cause you don't need any money down. You just need an email. You don't need to like leave a credit <laughs> card. Um, so I just like, I pre, I pre-ordered one by leaving my name and email. And I'm sure they're going to count that as a pre-order. Sold out. Yeah, sold out. So okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll get mine on launch. I'll get a call. I'll be like, oh, we've, you know, we got more stock than we thought. Well, I mean, the Microsoft band, even last year when we went to the store, they sold out, right? Although I think that they just really didn't make very many of them at all. Yeah, yeah. 
but um, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm actually curious to see them um, in in the store. They're pretty slick. So you don't think they look weird anymore? I mean, they still look weird, but I mean, like the like the latching mechanism is really cool. Um, it's it's pretty light. Like when you undock it. Like, oh, so you were able to undock it and actually hold just the screen? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've heard it's like really light. It's like a big screen though, right? Yep. It's yeah, it's 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 really big, but yeah, really really light. So. So you think you're going to use it with that uh like detached a lot or is it mainly just going to be like a laptop? Um well, either way, I think well, probably like at work I'm going to use it probably 50/50 like you know, at the, like the like carrying it around like a clipboard and like just writing on it. Yeah, and like at the there's like computer like little standing stations where you can type in notes and stuff. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I'll probably just have it there, and then when you go into a patient encounter, you can just like undock it and then you know scribble away and then come back and then type it up. Okay, I'm excited. It comes out what October 26th, Monday. Oh, you know what else comes out Monday, or I guess pre-releases of uh, pre-orders of the Apple TV. Oh yeah, that's right. Monday, and they're gonna ship out later in the week, right? Yeah. What does that? I mean, why wouldn't they know when they're gonna ship out by now? I don't know. Maybe their supply is really limited. I doubt it, right? Like, I, I can't imagine them selling out of Apple TVs. Yeah. I don't know. But you're not going to pre-order one, right? You're just going to buy it in store? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I'm going to buy it for the Discover the 22% cashback. So either at Best Buy or at uh, at the Apple Store. Are all Best Buys taking Apple Pay now? Um, I don't know. I mean, I had heard that, like, they were... The goal was that all Best Buys would be, would be uh, compatible by the end of October, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, or was it the end of September? One of those. But um, the one by me does accept Apple Pay. I haven't used it yet, but I asked them, and they said that they do. So, um, I mean, that's good news to me. Yeah. All right. On Monday, I think I'm going to drop by the drop by Best Buy then, pick up my Surface Book to get the uh, the discount. Yep. But no Surface Pro four. Mm-mm. iPad Pro. It's just like the. The whole kickstand thing, and then I see you don't like the kickstand. I mean, I like the kickstand, but I'd rather have it as like a oh, like, oh, like an actual book. laptop. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Because if you're gonna like use it on your lap, and you're gonna have like the kickstand out, and like it just seems really unbalanced. All right. Anyways, what else you want to talk about? Will you got anything? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Uh, what was it Stephen Levy? Is that his name? The. Uh, when the iMac and the uh, the new rechargeable devices came out, uh, he posted a story on Medium. Medium's getting like a lot of love lately. Everyone's posting their stories on Medium. Yeah, for the podcast on Medium? I guess so. <laughs> um, so he posted a long article, like kind of in-depth. He went behind the scenes to like the uh, the inside story of how they created their new iMacs and things like that. And there was, I think, uh, I think it was you that that posted this in the uh, notes you want to talk about a particular quote from phil schiller yeah because i think uh, in the past maybe the last podcast when we were talking about the microsoft strategy you know we'd spoken about how compelling it is to have like that one os like windows 10 and it runs on all your devices and it has like you have the same apps like a universal app that can like scale to whatever screen size you're using right so that's one philosophy and it's the one that microsoft is taking um, and then we were wondering, like, will Apple ever integrate, you know, iOS and macOS or, you know, is there going to be touch added to macOS or something? Um, and so this quote, it came, it came in this article. It's, it's pretty interesting by Phil Schiller, who is, I don't know, I don't know what he is, vice president of something, right? Um, at Apple. And he explained, um, Apple's products like kind of like a continuum, right? Where you use the smallest possible gadget. That's his quote, to do as much as possible before going to the next largest one in line. So basically starting with the Apple Watch, you know, you do whatever you can, like check notifications, you know, then move on to the iPhone when, you know, you need to do something that you can't do on the watch. Um, and then you move on to like the iPad and then you move on to the Mac. Um, so not like having all your devices out and using them at the same time, but just using the one that like does the job. That's like the smallest one that you need that can get the job done. And if it doesn't, then you move on to the next one. So what do you guys think about that? Eh, I'm not exactly sure if I'm buying it 100%, uh, just based off of the watch interoperability with the phone. Um, like, you need needing the phone so much. Uh, I mean, yeah, you have to move on to the next highest thing, but it's not like you can... You, you still need, like, multiple parts of the ecosystem. There's not, like, enough independence on its own. Okay, so, I mean... I, I actually think it's a good, I, I mean, I agree with the philosophy in theory. Like, this is like what 
what I want. And this is kind of what I've been doing, right? So like I have a watch, right? I actually don't use my watch that much. Uh, I mainly use it just to like track activity and, and time actually. But I have a, an iPhone and an iPad and a computer, right? And I'm kind of trying to space it out. Like at one point I had like an iPhone 5S and then I had uh, an iPad mini and then I had a desktop, right? And then I switched. And when I got the bigger phone, I was like, you know, well, maybe it doesn't make sense for my next jump up to be the iPad mini. So I got the bigger iPad, right? And, and even now, maybe, maybe the iPad Pro makes sense if I have the 6S Plus and, and the desktop. Like you kind of always want there to be like some differentiation between the devices in screen sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I, I am already doing this. I, I think it makes perfect sense. I think that like what I disagree with is like, isn't that what Microsoft is doing too? Like, I don't, I don't see, like, this doesn't say anything about the biggest problem with like Apple's philosophy versus Microsoft's philosophy is that Microsoft's philosophy is way more developer friendly, right? They did, they develop it once and then like it just scales to all the different platforms, right? From the user's perspective, like they, they still use like the phone, the tablet, the desktop. That's the same, right? Like there's still the continuum for Microsoft's products, just like there is for Apple's products, right? Yeah, but do you feel like that compromises the user experience? Well, not if you do it right, right? Like, I, so I don't think that the right way to do it is like how when Android first made tablets and, and then they were just like running the, you know, the Android for tablet OS and they just scale the apps, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and their advantage was like, look, you just code the, the app once and it just works, right? But like, I think developers still need to take the time to tailor the experience per the screen, but I don't think that the idea, the answer is like, oh, let's use Objective C or whatever they use for, for iOS apps and then make a brand new app and then go to the Mac app store and then like, you know, like have two different app stores and, and all these different things. Uh, that seems way more fragmented to me from a developer standpoint. And I'm not a developer, but, um, that just seems like it would be more seamless if there was just one app that worked across all platforms. I mean, yeah, from the developer side, but then, but I, I just don't understand why Microsoft's product line is not a continuum as well like that seems like the same thing um yeah i mean i guess it is but i mean they they want you to like like their phones can like dock and become like a computer right like you can't oh, do oh that yeah like right. a, oh no, i see iPhone. i i don't i mean that's kind of a cool little thing like that's not the first device to ever do, do that right there was like another device i forget what it's called um that that did the same thing where you dock it into a monitor uh I don't think that's actually going to take off. Like I, that just seems way too niche for like the mass public to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most people just use their devices like, you know, here's my phone, here's my tablet, here's my laptop or desktop. That, that's how people use their device. So I, I don't, I don't disagree with the quote. I just don't think that this is something that Apple does that other products can't do. Right. What do you guys want to talk about next? <laughs> Will, you had this article from Polygon? Yeah. Uh, development kits have finally are starting to come out for the Nintendo NX, which I thought you would be interested in because this will be the first time in a long time that Nintendo is aiming to have a console on par with its competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, because with the Wii and the Wii U, they were... I would say vastly underpowered as when compared to Microsoft and Sony's offerings. Uh, but the interesting thing about this article was it hinted that a launch may happen in 2016 for the next uh, Nintendo system. So when they say on par, they're meaning like competitive with Xbox One and PlayStation 4? So they're Correct. saying that the system in 2016 is going to be on par with the system in 2013, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't seem on par to me, right? That, isn't that like... It is on par because it's not like you're going to... You need to overpower the uh, next generation because the console generation is supposed to last a decade. There's no need for them to go ahead and come out with something even stronger, especially but, but, since... But there is because like, so... No, 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 there isn't because since the consoles are very similar between the PlayStation 4 and the... Uh, Xbox One, this, if it's on par with, could finally allow Nintendo to actually have third-party developers really want to go there, which could be something that would be helpful. What you're saying is that like people buy into these consoles, for, well, first of all, they don't do it for 10 years anymore, right? So it's maybe more like four or five years, right? But but if I'm going to pick a console right now, right? Like, I mean, I guess you could, it depends on, how, on what they price it at. If they price it at what the Xbox One is priced at right now, Maybe, but like if I'm going to buy it 
there's probably going to be rumors in the next couple of years for like, you know, whatever it's going to be called Xbox two or, or whatever, like that's a terrible name or PlayStation five. Right. And like when that comes out, say two, three years into the, uh, NX's life cycle, like that's going to kill the NX. Right. So like, it, it kind of does matter, right? Like you don't, you want like the latest thing to come out to be better than something three years old. Like I understand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, hardware uh, generations are actually taking longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, between iterations, exactly. not shorter. So it's not going to be two to three years. No. You'll see two to three years for a new revision, as in the console. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's, that's fair. Cheaper, right, right. That's but we're true. not going to see the Xbox One Part 2 coming out and being like, hey, you got to buy a whole new system now. Yeah, you'll see like Xbox One Slim or something. Right, yeah. right. No, that's, that's, that's fair. Um, but I mean, I just think that like, so for the short term, right? Like you're saying like, because they've already lost, like, I guess, two and a half years, right? Say it comes out in early 2016, right? And the uh, Xbox PS4 came out in late 2013. So for the short term, you're like, hey, look, we're on par, but, like, you're still behind, right? Like, I feel like if they came out with something that was on par with today, like, whatever the Xbox 1.5 or, or whatever would be, like, I'm, I'm terrible at coming up with these names, but <laughs> if they came up with that, then, like, you would actually have, like, a good four years of like this is the top of the line like why buy an xbox one when you can buy the nintendo system that has even better graphics right like you don't need to go like full like blow it out of the water but it should be at least significantly better but what if you have something that's on par like ps4 xbox one but with nintendo games and no no okay that's no no that's the point no that's fair no I, i i get it i'm not saying that like you know but their whole their whole history is that like they are always underpowered right like the the Wii U is better than the Wii was compared to its competitors but like it doesn't seem like it's on par when it's two and a half years late right like and it's just as good i think the thing with nintendo is like they always whenever they release they're always like when the Wii came out you know it was on par not with like you know the 360 or the PS3 right right um but it wasn't it was like a little better than like xbox um, when like the Wii U came out, it's like kind of matched like the 360 and PS3, but the PS4 and the Xbox One were coming out, right? Okay. So I think now with like these, this longer life, like the longer, like console lifespan, like kind of helps Nintendo here. Like, you know, they made a misstep with the Wii U, but since this, like this gen is so long, they can still kind of make like this console, which will be, I you guess know, it depends on how long this console cycle is, but like the cycle is going to be long because. Because the development costs are now too high. Yeah, that's true. Development costs are too high, and Nintendo has done one thing that no other console manufacturer has done, which is when they release a console, it's profitable on day one, which is another reason why they may have waited slightly longer because, hey, even if we sell X amount, we make money on everyone that's sold, as opposed to losing money uh, when first launching just to get the razor blade revenue model going of hey we got to send out these we'll make our money back on the game well but we're not talking about like okay maybe maybe you guys are talking about this but i I don't really care about how much money they make like it doesn't make a difference to me whether the xbox one is losing money right like as long as they don't kill the project because they're like oh we're losing money like no more xbox ones like it doesn't really make a difference to me how much money microsoft makes right so the fact that you know nintendo might turn a profit from day one like doesn't really make that much of a difference to me. Well, it makes a big difference for Nintendo because they are a game company. They have no other line. Yeah. <laughs> right. But but like I, I just think that like you said, the Wii U came out and it was comparable to the last generation. Like I, it really hinges on how long these generations are going to be. But like you're really coming out with something that's late to the party that's just as good as the stuff that came out that people already have that's been around for two and a half years, right? Like I, I just don't know like Nintendo fans are going to like it and that, you know, I just, that's fine. And it could be a really good system. And I think probably its biggest appeal is like the rumored, it's like a tablet, but it's also like a, like a handheld, but also a console. Like we'll see what they do. Like they're pretty innovative when it comes to that stuff. But like, is this going to win over like the Xbox one PS4 crowd and say, Oh man, we're going to buy uh, NXs now. Like I, I don't know. Depends. It depends because like I said, if the third party support matches, then it could be like, well, I can get Madden on either of the consoles and it will all look the same, but then I can also get Mario too. Right. No, agreed. But do you, do you actually think that Nintendo's going to have like sales for all three Nintendo, PS4, and Xbox One are going to be similar for Madden? Like, I, I, I highly doubt that. 
Not because it's impossible, but I just no. But it will look exactly the same, right? But like, I mean, what difference does it make if if people don't buy it? They buy it on the PS4 or the Xbox One, right? Like for the people who have not bought yet, remember this has still been a slow upgrade cycle because of the last console still being relevant. I mean, games were still being released, like Call of Duty was still released for the last generation consoles albeit uh it missed the actual campaign we're still in that sub <laughs> no, sure, hey, sure. releasing for old and releasing for new right i i, I mean we're, we're still it's going to be a long cycle because everyone still hasn't moved to next gen yet so nintendo still has a window of being a uh, viable like option i don't know i i mean we'll see i i doubt that they are going to change the tides like i think that they can continue doing what they're doing which is you know if they're profitable like that's fine right like um they can make money and, and go on their way and maybe they're you know it'll save them from um not you know let's say going out of business or, or getting out of the console business at all uh so maybe this will work for them but like do i foresee this as being like something that's going to shift the tides and now Nintendo's going to become dominant again like I, I just don't see that i don't see dominant but they they do have a shot at becoming second place i would think yeah i I think that's doubtful too but i mean we'll we'll see i mean sony's having tough times in their home country um selling ps4s even though they're winning here and we know that microsoft has totally given up so what are what are people in japan buying are they buying we use they are are they just not buying um, anything mobile games and nintendo has made its uh partnerships with mobile so this NX could be the key. The, could be the key to unlocking second largest gaming uh, market in the world. I mean, also not. So we'll see what they do with their mobile uh, games. But I mean, good for Nintendo, right? Like, I think that the more com- competition there is out there, like the better it is for gamers. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do, just because they tend to make creative stuff. Uh, so that'll be cool. I, I just don't know. I don't know. It's not a big deal to me that it's on on par with consoles that came out two and a half years ago okay will you buy one well i i, I have a wii u right now like I know. You know, so yeah. you'll buy one <laughs> maybe <laughs> okay next zelda comes out you'll buy one yeah i actually bought the wii u for uh super mario 3d world which is awesome the thing that i'm more curious about is their strategy so um at first i was thinking that it would be like uh like the wii u and that it had a console and then it had like a tablet that you could like you know that would double as a handhold or like a handheld console, but now that I'm like looking at the the Wall Street Journal article and stuff like that, it looks like it looks like it's gonna be like a family of devices, right? So like you might have to buy like an NX version of a handheld, like a 3DS. The 3DS successor will be like in the NX family, and the Wii U successor will be in the NX family. So two devices, two devices that you'll buy, but there'll be like interoperability or something with like maybe they'll have like. Something similar to like the cross buy that you know Sony does, right? So I mean, I think that'll be awesome because I, I mean, I I don't know how many people have a 3ds that don't have a Wii U or vice versa. Sure, um, but you know, if you could say you could buy once and if you play it on your, you know, you know that that's their strength right now is their 3ds, you know, their handheld. I mean, they can, I like, have a 3ds. I don't even have a Wii U. Yeah, so if they can like leverage that and you know, hey, if you buy this, you know, you already have the games. And if you can buy it on this, you know, the console hardware, you know, you can play it on your handheld and vice versa. I think that'd be pretty compelling. Yeah, we'll see. That that sounds like a good idea. Um, I mean, it's kind of what, what, like you said, PS4 does that with the, uh, well, I don't even know what the handheld is. <laughs> what what is it called? The oh, yeah, the Vita. Vita. Right. <laughs> and, but like, you know, and Apple iOS devices and then maybe universal purchases with the Apple TV. Although I don't think the Apple TV is like an actual uh, serious threat in gaming yet. Yeah, because I mean, I think they did something similar with like, you know, Smash Brothers when it came out for for 3DS and for Wii U. Um, You know, I feel like that's like the direction they they kind of are showing that they want to go into. No, that's a good idea. I mean, that would be cool. We'll see. All right. Well, can't wait for next year. Either way, I'm buying like the whole NX family. So they have my money. (laughs) See, you've guaranteed I'll visit you, Mike. (laughs) That's all it takes. All right. What's next? What do you guys want to talk about? These all look like Will's things. Yeah, YouTube gaming. You want to, you want to stay on this gaming uh, kick? Okay. Uh, YouTube gaming just had a slight update. Uh, and the interesting thing that I saw was they will allow mobile streaming. So stream directly from your handheld of 
handheld games. Um, but of course, it's on Android uh, first. And the neat thing is they would use the front-facing camera to actually record the streamer while recording the gameplay as well. It looked really neat in uh, concept, but since it's only on Android and only for certain things, I don't know if it's really that much of a big deal, but it looked like very neat technology. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess for like a casual streamer, it's it's kind of nice. You know, I feel like the people that are making the money all have their crazy setups with like professional lighting, green screens, you know, like right. capture cards that this won't be a substitute for. But, you know, I think for people that just want to like casually stream stuff, this is like a great option. You know, it's all built into your Android phone. Yeah, at first I thought, of, what were they thinking right here? Using the front-facing camera, are people just going to mount them on tripods and actually try to record games? And then I read, oh, it's about mobile streaming. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. mobile games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that, it's probably not that popular right now, but like people probably said the same thing about just game streaming in general, right? So that's, it's a good idea. Uh, I, I wonder if they can, can this could work on iOS? I would think the possibility would be... Uh, there there's uh, there's like that um i think they call it like replay kit or something like that where you can like record like screen record um but i'm not sure if it's like live streaming of whatever's on the screen so like i know ios like you couldn't just run the youtube gaming app and then just run crossy bird or crossy road and then like do that i think the app would have to build it in maybe yeah well that's the thing about the mobile apps uh on the android side too the app developers have to bake it into... Oh, okay. Yeah, you can't just like, okay, launch it, and then launch the game. Yeah, which, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. I, I think if you have something like Twitcher or YouTube um, that makes it really easy for them to do, like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of game developers will do that, especially the bigger ones. Okay, uh, I did have one interesting thing that came up when we were in New York. Uh, we were talking about how Dropbox, when you make changes to it, and you're using something that other people are editing, there's that slight delay and lag. And if you open something up, you, you may have missed your edits, but you, now you've got the other person's edits in it. And Dropbox has a new beta product called Paper, which will kind of work like Google Docs to remove that issue. But I'm only on the beta of it, so I don't know if it actually works yet. I'm uh, looking forward to giving it a shot because I do use Dropbox a whole lot more when collaborating with people. Um, I mean, hmm. Google Docs is okay and I'm starting to use it more, but since I've used Dropbox since the beginning, it seems, it's been the first go-to for me. Wait, so you're you're already in the beta or you signed up and you're waiting? I am waiting. Okay. Yeah, I, saw, I didn't really read. I saw the news. Um I think it's funny how like someone made jokes that like every major tech company like like Facebook, Dropbox, and they've all made products that are called Paper now, and it's like you know this is the future, and they all name their products after something that's been around for forever. But um, yeah, I didn't really like I don't really use Dropbox for collaboration or document editing or anything like that, so this didn't really appeal to me. But um, I mean, it sounds cool, I guess. Like, let us know when you get in and like, let us know what you think. Uh, Wait, so this is like a substitute word processor spreadsheet editor? Uh, yes. Okay. Interesting. But, but it's meant for collaboration or like it's like a, can you use it by yourself just as like a document editor? And then like, you know, it's also has collaboration or is it really meant for um, like you really want to use this with like multiple people? You can use it standalone, but. The reason why I like using Dropbox is because if I'm using something on my own, I'll just open up like Microsoft Word or a full-blown like Excel uh, thing. So the only reason why I'd use it is for collaboration. Well, but even like syncing between your own devices, like if you're on your phone, you don't need to like sync the the doc, like the Microsoft Word doc to an app that will open in your phone, right? Like it's in the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to talk about... What about your uh, normal person questions or normal guy questions? Yeah. Uh, you gave us a, a really cryptic teaser last time. <laughs> well, since we're talking about Dropbox, since I do have... No idea what you're going to talk about. Okay. Since I do have Box, Dropbox, Google Drive, um, I've got all this cloud storage space, but I don't know how to actually use it in a very efficient manner. Like my photos are in Google because they allow me to... 
um, reduce the quality, still have it like quote unquote high quality, but unlimited space. That's also where I have my music because way back when everyone was ripping CDs, I had this huge MP3 collection. And since uh, Google Music allows you, what, 15,000 uploads without counting toward your storage, I dumped it all into there. Um, but OneDrive I use for all of my like Microsoft things uh, because it comes with Office 365. Uh, Dropbox I pretty much use for like storing PDFs and anything that I'm collaborating with someone with, I'm using like Google Drive, but I also have 50 gigs with box.com and I'm like, I don't know what I do with this. What? So I was <laughs> curious with what you guys do with all of your cloud storage space. Oh, and I forgot to mention Amazon Cloud, which I've got a bunch of like Kindle books on there, but those don't count against storage, but I have storage there too. So... Box, I think everyone has an account when they gave like those 50 gigs, but I think, I don't think anybody ever uses it. Like, I know I guess I, Will does. I, I don't. No, I haven't. I haven't used oh, it. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think everyone has an account, but no one uses it. Um, Dropbox is probably like my main like cloud storage thing. Cause I mean, it just works so well across all my devices. Um, Google Drive, same, like I use for like collaboration with people. So I think there's not like a one size fits all yet because, you know, certain cloud services do things better than others. Like with Apple, you know, I use, I don't use iCloud Drive for like, you know, Dropbox kind of things, but I use it for like my music and my photos. Like the iCloud photo library works really well and is integrated with my devices. Um, you know, I use like iTunes Match and I'm, you know, I'm using Apple Music. So that all works well together. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I just feel like right now, like certain certain services have strengths over others. Um, so I think you should just use like whatever, you know, whichever one has like the better offering. Okay, so I use Google because everything I've done on it is free. But if I started using subscription uh, stuff, like if I used iTunes Match, would you recommend using iCloud over Google? based on the fact that integration is really, really easy and baked into uh, Apple products versus using Google's, which takes a little bit of customization at first, but then it pretty much is set and forget. Uh, what What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I use I, I pay the yearly fee for iTunes Match, mm -hmm. and that puts all of my music, like it, it matches it, right, with like the music on iTunes. And if there's if it doesn't have a copy of the song on iTunes, then it uploads my copy. Um, but from there, I don't need to store any of my music locally on my phone. I just have like one, like my iMac is like my main computer that has all my music. It's the main. And whenever I add music, I add it to my iMac. Then uh, from there, like my MacBook Pro and my iPhone, my iPad, they all stream. So whenever I'm like driving and I want to listen to like my playlist, they're all, you know, they're all available in the cloud. So I don't like. You know, I mean, I have a 128 gig phone, but I don't want to store. I have more than 128 gigs of music, you know? Right. So I don't want to store it all on my phone. Um, so I think, you know, if you're invested in the Apple ecosystem with like a, you know, you're using iTunes, you know, you have, you have a Mac and you have an iPhone, then, you know, I think, I think iTunes match is really good. Um, definitely worth like the yearly fee for me. Um, Dropbox, uh, you know, I use, you know, there's so much of that free space they used to give. And then I, I did some like thing with the referrals where I bought like I paid some guy on eBay to like do all the referrals for me. It was like two dollars and he just signs up with like incremental email addresses. Wait, really? You can do that? <laughs> yeah. It's it's like John zero zero one at Yahoo signed up. John zero zero two has signed up. Like two dollars? Yeah, yeah. I did like a thing a long time ago where you use like Google AdWords and they give you like the hundred dollars of credit for free. Right. And then um I don't know if this still works, but basically it puts up like whenever someone searches for like cloud storage and like Google will, you know, swap in people's ads and they swap in my ad and I would pay for it, but I made it set so that it wouldn't go over the hundred dollar budget. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember. Yeah. That. And so I got all my maxed out like 24, however 25 gigs you get uh, for that. But I didn't know you could, I mean, I would have much rather just paid someone $2. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you can just go on eBay and look up like, uh, and you know, there's actually, they sell, there's like these one-time storage upgrades that you can also buy on drop on like on eBay. 
that's like get like one gig permanently like for life for i don't Wait, know who much. who sells that dropbox sells that no drop not on ebay dropbox on dropbox doesn't offer it at all so how do they how do they even enforce like i mean how do they get you the one gig for free i don't know i mean they must have given it out somehow but like i i bought it and it, it does work hmm. um how much space do you guys have on Dropbox? Like, I don't pay for Dropbox, but I have 30 gigs free. I have 1,068 gigs. So Holy I, crap. But you so pay or you I don't pay? pay? I pay. So, okay. I mean, maybe I pay for the one terabyte, so I must have 68 gigs. That was free originally. No, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so the one thing, oh, uh, by the way, there's an Amex offers for Dropbox. There is. It's like 25 or 75 or 25 or 100 or something like that. I thought it was like 25 off 50, maybe. Oh, maybe. Okay. Um, but that's, that's an option too. But yeah, I don't know. That's, I forget why I got it. I think I signed up for something. Oh, maybe it was the space race. Do you guys remember? Yeah, I did that. That expired though. But uh, yeah, that that pushed me up. I think they gave you like, oh, like a discount of like 50% 50 or something. Yeah, 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 right. So I just signed up. Yeah. I don't know. What else? I mean, the way that I do it, like, I do use a variety of services, but I, I guess like my main one is Dropbox. Like I've just, all of my main files on my computer, like my documents, things like that are all on Dropbox. Um, the only time I use Google, Google Drive is, um, like for collaboration, like our show notes are on Google Drive, things like that, like shared spreadsheets, but like I don't have any of my own stuff on Google Drive. Yeah, so when a paper comes out, we could probably just do everything on Dropbox. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a good point. Um, but I don't use Box. I don't use, I mean, I have like free space, uh, with OneNote or OneCloud. Is that what it's called? OneDrive. Uh, but, uh OneDrive. <laughs> it was never called OneCloud. It was SkyDrive. Oh, SkyDrive. Okay. Yeah. So like, I mean, I clearly don't use that because I don't know what it's called, but I have space there. And like, um, I guess for me, like, there was a time when I signed up for stuff because it's like, oh, sign up for the SkyDrive account and you get X amount of space. Sign up for Box and you get X amount of space. And like back then storage, cloud storage was still kind of expensive. Um, and so I kind of cashed in those offers, but it's just too cumbersome for me to manage like, oh, I'm going to put my pictures in Google Drive, but I'm going to put my music in iTunes and I'm going to put my, you know, other stuff in like, uh, OneDrive, right? Like it just seems too crazy for me that like, it's cheap enough that if I ever needed more space in Dropbox, I would just pay for Dropbox. Yeah. But I mean, that's like, so neither of you guys use, uh, iCloud Drive, right? Yeah. I don't know what to do with it, but it does work theoretically. Now it kind of works theoretically like, uh, Dropbox, right? Like I can put any file in my iCloud Drive and it will sync. Yeah. It, I mean, it's pretty cheap too, right? It's $1 for 50 gigs. Yeah. It's really cheap. Uh, I mean, I think Google Drive is actually cheaper, but, um, or, or, or at least the same price. I'm not sure, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I just kept my 30 gigs of Dropbox. And for me, um, I, I use, I, I do pay 50 gigs for iCloud Drive. Um, and then I, I use my photo library, kind of like Mike, right? So my iOS photos are on iCloud Drive. Uh, all of my main files are on Dropbox and, and that's it. That's enough for me. Yeah. So what are you going to do, Will? All right. Uh, simplify things. Uh, yeah, I think OneDrive may be fired, but I have <laughs> so much space on it. I have like 108 gigs. Uh, but are I you using a lot on, of it? I kept on signing up for free stuff. Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm using maybe about 20 gigs on there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't put any of my media, like any movies or anything like that on any of these, uh, cloud devices. I use my Synology for that for local. Um, and then that's it. Like I just have photos, which I pay the $1 a month for Apple. And well, see, some of us live in Oakland. So if my house were say broken into, if I had an answer, I'd be like, Oh, guess what? I just lost all my stuff forever. <laughs> yeah. But like, <laughs> so I need like something in the cloud. Right. Just, no, 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 no. So that's why all my like important files, uh, are in the cloud, which who knows if that's safe, but like my important files are in the cloud and then like my photos are in the cloud. Right. But like, if I lose, like, I don't know, episodes of Arrested Development, I'm not going to kill myself, right? Like, that's not, that's not the end of the world, right? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't even store like media. Everything I pretty much watch has to be like streamed. Or if I do download, it's like download, then delete. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. One last thing that I want to talk about, if you have time, is uh, Star Wars. Whoa. This just got added. This wasn't yeah. up here. Star Wars. This was not a part of the plan. 
So there's a there's a new trailer that dropped yesterday, right? Yeah. Your brother-in-law did not watch it. I bet you he did not watch it. No. Although he's like the biggest Star Wars fan I, I know. But he's also the biggest anti-spoiler fan, <laughs> yeah, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh Yeah, what did you guys think? I thought it was good. I'm 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 excited, but I'm not super excited because, you know, I've been burned the last 3 times when it comes to Star Wars movies. So so I feel the same way, actually. Like, but the internet is like exploding. Like everyone, like even friends of mine who I wouldn't consider Star Wars fans, and I'm actually not a Star Wars fan myself, but they're they're like people are texting about it. Like in group texts, people are talking about it. Like at work, people are talking about it on radio shows, like radio shows I listen to. Like it's it's a really big deal, right? Well, yeah, it's a massive, huge franchise, and. We're hoping, we're hoping it turns out good. But it, I mean, it reminds me of like episode one, right? Like there were, I remember this was back when I was in high school and like, uh, rumors of people lining up like weeks in advance and, and it just turned out to be a terrible movie. I mean, I actually think this one will be pretty good, but I'm not super excited. Like I'm not losing sleep over this. I'm pretty excited and I'm not a fan. <laughs> Wait, so did you pre-order tickets? No, I didn't. I didn't even know you could pre-order. Like, what's the point of, like, do they, how am I going to know where I'm going to be and what I'm going to do at what time? Like, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to be at the movie theater. If, if you are pre-ordering tickets, you already know what you're going to be doing ahead of time. <laughs> okay. But I mean, is it, is it so extreme that like, if I show up or I don't know, even a week before and I'm like, let's buy tickets a week before they're going to be sold out everywhere? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just, I, I can't imagine it being like everyone in the world just watches this movie on the same day. That, like, I can't. Even uh, if so, just wait a day. I mean, it's not a big deal. I, it just doesn't seem like um, something that you need to do. No, people are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But the trailer looked pretty good. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, that's a good trailer. I'll watch this movie. But I'm not going to pre order or do anything crazy about it. And I'm just hoping that it ends up better than the uh, last three movies. I don't think that'll be hard. Yeah, that's yeah. really not hard. J.J. Abrams, right? Lens flare. Did you see the lens flare? <laughs> I I actually rewatched a uh, part of Star Trek, like I don't know, earlier this year, and it's like there's absurd amounts of lens flare in that movie, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really shiny. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, but it's like absurd, absurd amount. Like I remember, like I know that's like the the knock on him, um, but is that? Are all of his movies like that? Or is it just because like it's in space? The first Star Trek was really obnoxious with it. Yeah, I mean, but is this like, do you expect the same level of, like, is that what he does in all of his movies? Or did he just turn it up a notch because it's Star Trek? I thought there was more than just Star Trek, right? Yeah, but I think he definitely turned it up in Star Trek. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, the, the levels in Star Trek are just, like, off the charts, like, every single scene. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah there's like, no need for lens flare when you're inside the ship. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, tons. But, um, yeah, hopefully that's something that's, that was just for Star Trek. Like, I, I actually, you know, it didn't really distract me that much while I was watching the movie. I really liked the movie. But, um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I didn't notice too much of it in the, in the trailer. Yeah. There was, I mean, but that was the trailer. Maybe he's saving all this good <laughs> lens flare for, yeah. you know, can't, can't spoil you it can't all. save the, the, yeah, right. That's Spoiler true. free trailer. But isn't there like, didn't he apologize at one point for the lens flare? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. I remember reading something on the verge. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did. So he says, I know I get a lot of grief for that, but I tell you, there are times when I'm working on a shot, I think, oh, this would be really cool with a lens flare, but I know it's too much and I apologize. I'm so aware of it now. He's like that guy in Top Chef, uh, <laughs> Marcel. He just puts the foam on everything. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, oh, uh, how about I add foam to this? And you're like, oh, it's stop. Right? Like, it was cool the first couple times. but uh... So, yeah, I guess he said that uh, someone, someone I, I guess, was watch, looking at a scene where she was just like, I just can't see what's going on. I don't understand what this is. I was like, yeah, I went too nuts on this. So yeah. this is how stupid it was. But I think admitting you're an addict is the first step towards recovery. That's good. So maybe less less lens flare. Okay. All right. Um, anything else this week? Will, you have to go pick up some important goods? Yeah. Some. <laughs> okay. Halo 5. Just one, 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 uh, last thing. I, we don't need to talk about it, but uh, I'm excited. When does that come out? I thought next week, right? Oh, yeah. Is it next Already? Tuesday? Oh, we will talk about this on the yeah. podcast. I so, think so are we, are we not playing on, are we not recording on Tuesday then? No. <laughs> I guess not. All right. Let's, let's play through the campaign and then report back. Okay. Sounds good. All right.
Okay, so you can follow us at For the Podcast on Twitter at uh, show notes at forthepodcast.com slash 29. Um, and then we still have the Discover deal um, where you get 22% cash back if you use Apple Pay in store and uh, 10% cash back, I think, at uh, like Amazon. Amazon.com. Yep. Um, so we'll post that link. And then uh, there's also a support link uh, where there's like an Amazon search box and we get a little kickback. Anything else? You guys want to plug anything? Nope. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week. Okay. Later. Later.